culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That is me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I am the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories with my Uber drivers, adorable memes, and really cute selfies. Okay, you guys, I know you've been waiting, and I finally have a love update. For starters, I've been teasing my speed dating adventure, which has finally happened after much rescheduling. I finally went speed dating, and it was great. And I have many more details to come, many of which I'll break down with today's guest, because she's perfect for this episode. She's going to help me sort all my relationship dating drama out on air. I connected with her at the Women with Purpose event by The Whole Purpose last month. She's a relationship and love consultant. Please welcome Dr. Sharon Cohen. Wow, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Zach. It's great. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, so am I. I didn't know you went speed dating. I mean, I know you kind of talked about it, but I didn't know it actually happened. So I'll be interested to hear about that. It finally happened last night, and I need to like share all the details with you so that you can help me sort through this and figure out which of these guys I'm going to give my final rose to. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that I'm a closet bachelor, bachelorette junkie, so uh, this will be interesting. I love it. Okay, so before we dive deep into it, you have to answer my icebreaker questions. First question, where did you grow up and what part of the world are you currently living in now? Oh, this is fascinating because I grew up, I was born at Hoke Hospital here in Newport Beach, California, and I currently live in Newport Beach, California. (laughs) But I did live for 10 years in Austin, Texas, and I do consider that a second home. So I'm not just Southern California. (laughs) Love it. Um, What's one word your mom would use to describe you? Oh, I actually know the answer to this because I had to do this for a business coaching thing. She used the word effervescent. And it's funny because I don't know that everyone would use that word to describe me, but that is that is her word to describe me. (laughs) I love it. Moms always give like such positive affirmations and like ego boosting words. 
to describe as adjective. It is. It's a, it's a really nice word. And, and also, I think she's seen me go through different stages of my life. Yeah. And so um, she's, she's seen me from like different vantage points, you know, through like high school and college and, you know, all these different um, times. And so she's seen me like from the internal side and then also like from how other people would see me. So that's her word. Okay. Give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect? Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, that I, um, I cried when my mom told me that I, that she, that when, um, I cried when my mom said that I wasn't a boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that I, yeah, I, I cried when I was probably about eight years old. Uh, and she told me I wasn't a boy and I cried and I cried and I cried because I had two older brothers and I really, Mm. I really didn't understand why the, the, my brothers didn't want me around. (laughs) And it's because you weren't a boy. Do you still have that desire today or is you've let that go? No, I've let that go. It was just, it was like, I was just, you know, I had a brother that was 18 months older than me and he really like, I, and I, and we really were very close. He let me hang out with him and he let me hang out with him and his friends and, and I mean, I have, we have pictures of me um, being at his birthday parties, sitting around me, you know, just 18 months younger than him and all of his friends. And they were so welcoming and loving. And, and he wasn't sitting at my birthday parties with all the girls, but, um, you know, he was, it, it was just that he was so, I was so a part of his group and really was even through high school. But there was that point in time, you know, around eight years old where the boys weren't, you know, wanting me to necessarily go with them on their bikes and, you know, jump snake river, which was a little, you know, um, sort of, uh, I don't know, like a, just a, just a a place where they jumped the bikes and I couldn't go. I was just too small. And, um, and so I just wasn't allowed to do those things. And I just wanted to go and I wanted to be with the boys. And my mom's like, you can't go. And I'm like, why? Because you're not, you're not a boy. <laughs> and I just was like, I want to be a boy. So no, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that I actually wanted to be a boy. I just wanted to be with the boys. And, and I was a little bit tomboyish, but not enough tomboyish. And I wasn't totally a girly girl. So I, I kind of had this moment in time of like, not really kind of fitting in with either the totally with the boys or totally with the girls. And so, you know, it's actually, it's kind of a thread in my, in my story of, of loneliness. And this was one of those moments in time of, of kind of not feeling like I totally fit in. Mm-hmm. What is your yeah. drink of choice? <laughs> oh, drink choice. Um, is that after the three shots of tequila? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say my drink choice is um, probably, uh, well, out, it would probably be a Manhattan. Okay. And, uh, very sex you know, in the city in, of you. Yeah, very sex in the city. Um, but in probably like kombucha. Let's, oh. let's, let's just show my California roots. I love it. A kombucha yeah. drinker. Do you have a, do you have a favorite yeah. brand? I feel like there are so many brands of kombucha now. There are so many brands. It's probably GTs, and yeah. I like the I like the Ginger Aid, and I like mm. one that I recently tried that was the the watermelon one. I can't think of what it's called, but oh. I, I like the watermelon one as well. I didn't know they had a watermelon one. I like the the yeah. GTs Multi Greens and the Ginger Aid are my two favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Very good. Okay, last icebreaker question, which is my favorite question to ask people, and that's if you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Oh. Oh God. Uh, yikes. Um, I'm not a huge follower 
aware of them. I mean, I know, of course, you can't not know who they are. They're everywhere. Um, you know what? I'm probably going to go off the radar here and say Robert. No, I'm okay. kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and not not know of this whole mess. Um, no, no, no. I, like I'm going to say like not one of the Kardashians and say one of the two younger ones. The one of the two younger Jenner oh, girls, Kendall and because, Kylie. Yeah, because they kind of didn't have to go through. Um, they're, you know, the, the three older ones are, um, have had a lot of relationship drama mm. and the two younger ones haven't really had all that relationship drama yet. Um, uh, I know that, uh, Kylie, I think has had the two boyfriends and the one that she has her, her, her baby um, with, yeah her baby with now, but Kendall doesn't seem to have as much relationship drama and they both seem to be very successful um, you know, I'm sure their, their family money has helped them get started, but they both seem to be doing well, uh, with that. Yeah, and absolutely. so I guess I'd pick one of them. Okay. Which I think is appropriate for today's topic, which is how to help millennial hustlers date. Because I feel like, you know, when you have a career or when you're passionate about something, like sometimes that kind of takes precedent over your personal life. Um, I know I've definitely struggled with that. And I think we kind of even see that with Kendall right now. Like she is very much living her best life and, you know, going out with her friends and, and working and building this incredible career. She's, I think, the top paid model currently at yeah. the moment in the world, yeah. which is incredible. Um, but it's like, how do you balance having such a big career and also so having a personal life where you're dating at the same time. Yeah, you know what? And I think there are seasons of life where you kind of make different things a priority. And so it may be that, you know, this is a season of life where work is your priority. However, I do think you always need to be keeping in mind that having uh, connections is should always be somewhat of a priority because it is um it's like what we're born for like we're born in relationship there's no mother without child there's no child without mother and so we are made to be in relationship with other people and at whatever level of course our primary relationship is our most important and we in order to have a good primary relationship ultimately we need to be practicing that relationship with other people. So you can't believe that you're going to not have any relationships and then suddenly be in a good, you know, primary relationship, whether it's a marital relationship or a mated relationship or however you um, perceive that final relationship is going to be. So I do think that you need to be dating or um, having close friendships, some sort of relationships along the way. You can't just give up on having relationships, you know, and just focus on work only. So um, you, you need to be having relationships. Okay. Is it a red flag if you come across? Because I guess right now it is kind of understandable where if you do have a booming career and, you know, you're really fueled by everything that you're doing and at the end of the day, it's paying your bills and it's making you happy. Is it a red flag if like you're non-committal with being in a relationship in your like early to mid 20s? a red flag if you're non-committal to being in a relationship as long as you're open to saying that like I, I i think the red flag is when someone isn't open to saying hey listen here's where i'm at in my life and i'm i'm just not open to being in a relationship if they're not telling you that up front 
if they're saying, you know, I just don't know where I'm at, I'm kind of giving you this um, evasive communication about where they're at, you know, then that's what I don't like. I don't like people who are clear with their communication. Mm. If they're clear and saying, hey, I'm in the season of my life where I'm really focused on my career. Here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm dating right now. I'm dating multiple people and I'm not um, into the place where I'm having a relationship, you know, I'm where I'm looking for a long-term committed, stable relationship. I'm just dating right now to, you know, have the experience and have a good time. Then that's where I'm at. Then that's fine. You know that going in, but so that you can make your conscious decision about whether or not this is someone that you want to spend any time with. And then you can say, okay, you know what? This is someone that I'll spend time with at a certain level. Like I don't maybe want to get physically intimate with this person because that would make me more vulnerable to getting emotionally connected. Mm. You know, but I'll spend fun time with them. I'll go out to concert with them or I'll go out to dinner with them or whatever. But like getting physically intimate may make me more emotionally connected. So I don't really want to do that. Or, you know what, I'm okay with getting physically intimate with them. But I know that that is going to, you know, be something that I'm just going to have in my mind is someone that I'm going to really stay um, emotionally disconnected to. But, you know, recognizing that once you get physically intimate with someone, there's a lot of biochemical uh, hormones and uh, brain chemistry that goes on once you do get physically intimate that really puts you at risk of becoming emotionally connected. Oh, interesting. Oh, did you not know that? No, I oh, mean, well, yeah, I mean, me I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, you, it's an easy assumption to make, but um, you know, I think we're also in such a culture where we've made it comfortable to kind of be a little more um, promiscuous and have casual sex. And, you know, just as long as you're respecting yourself and respecting your body. But I mean, if there is something that's kind of attracting us beyond just the physical aspect, when we get physically intimate with somebody, yeah, tell me more about that. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. I thought I probably thought someone, uh, okay. Yes. Oh no, this is super, 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 super important. So when you have a sex with someone, then there is truly a biochemical tidal wave that happens of, of oxytocin, of, um, dopamine, of, of, of a, of a hormone called PEA. It's a much longer word that I don't know how to pronounce, um, that rushes over your brain and, and through your body that makes you uh, biochemically connect. It's like super glue at the, at the pubic hairs. I mean, it's just, Mm. it absolutely happens where you connect to this person and you are, um, you just, you just think you could go to bed with someone who you think is kind of a nerd, but you're like, Oh, this will just be fun. Right. And then the next morning you wake up with them and they're like a God, you're like, Oh my God, I think this person is so phenomenal. And you're like, what just happened? Well, what just happened was you became connected to them because of all of this um, biochemistry that just, just absolutely, you know, bonded you to them. Mm. And it's, you know, it's um, uh, oxytocin is known as the cuddle hormone. It can happen through something as simple as holding hands, sitting close to someone that you're uh, kind of hot for, you know, for a woman makes them lubricate for a man. It it actually isn't as, um, it doesn't happen as easily for a man because men more decide to um, fall in love, whereas women uh, kind of this this happens more intensely for women. Mm. So actually, once men know this, um, they kind of are complicit in women falling in love 
um, because women are way more susceptible to all this oxytocin because oxytocin really works with estrogen. Okay. So, um, so women really, really need to know this, but men, once they start sleeping with women, um, then women, they, they need to know that when, a, when they sleep with a woman, if she starts like following them around or whatever, or starts texting a lot, yeah. they, they need to know that they're complicit in it. They, that's why they need to be really clear with their communication. Hey, you know what? You know what? I understand that once we have sex, that you, this is a possibility for you. And so that's why I'm letting you know, this isn't anything that's serious. Are you going to be able to handle this? So oh, is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So is it you the know opposite what? for guys? Because I feel like guys can easily just kind of toot it and boot it. And once they've checked that off the list, they kind of move on to the next. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. I think that's why guys um, are, it's, it's not as big of a deal until men get past the age of like 50. That's when men become, because then that's when their estrogen is more expressed. Uh. And therefore that's when their oxytocin becomes more expressed. So as men get older, they're more likely to have this oxytocin uh, bonding. And so uh, like if, you know, if a younger guy gets with an older guy or if a younger woman gets with an older guy, then that's when it's more likely to cause more uh, issues for the older man. Mm. Okay. So I think another common issue that I find with myself or just people that are kind of in my age range that are also very career driven is that it's hard to find somebody, especially around your age. And like, it's hard to be successful at a young age and not intimidate your partner. And I think we kind of touched on this a little bit at the Women with Purpose event, but I want to dive deeper into it. And like, how do we attract a partner when we have, when we are essentially full within ourselves and aren't really looking for anybody to complete us, but are looking for somebody to kind of complement our life, how are we able to find somebody that isn't intimidated by our success or how strong of a person we are? Yeah. So I think if people aren't, I think we all like, I think most of us like people who are successful and independent and self-sufficient. I, I don't think anyone wants to be with someone who's super needy unless they have some sort of savior complex, right? But I think most of us like people who are you know, as equally independent and successful and self-sufficient. But what we don't want is someone who's like hanging their hat on, like, I'm so independent and I'm so uh, self-sufficient that I don't need someone else. I don't, you know, because when we say that I don't need someone else, it's like, well, then do, what do you want to be in a relationship for? I think you have to want to be in a relationship. You, I, the, the comment that I hear most from men and women is, I want someone who has my back and I have theirs. So there's this idea of being mutually interdependent, that it sounds like you want to be in a relationship, not that I'm so independent that I don't really care if I'm in a relationship or not. You know, when you're uh, putting your flag on the mountain of I'm independent, it doesn't sound at all like you want to be a in a relationship. It right. just sounds like you're standing on the mountaintop saying, I'm fine on my own. Well, then what are you looking for? You know? Yeah, you have to open yourself up to it and like allow, like you have to send that message to the people around you and let them know that, you know, you are looking for a relationship. And then if somebody's intimidated by you or somebody's intimidated by your success, then that's not the person for you. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that I think men aren't intimidated by strong women. I don't, I don't think people are intimidated by strong people. They're intimidated by, or they don't want to be around competitive people, mm. people who are constantly challenging their every thought, idea, suggestion, plan. I think it's, it's off putting. And so you have to be more open to other people's 
ideas and thoughts and plans. And, and I think that we go um, to the idea that I brought up that evening um, that I haven't really talked about here is the idea of masculine and feminine energetics. Mm-hmm. And that's not based on gender that's or sex. That's not based on sex. That's based on, um, that's based on just that we are both we're men and women both are a psychological hybrid of masculine and feminine energetics. Energy. We both have both. And so when you can find someone who's a good complement to whatever your mix of masculine and feminine energetics are, then you can complementarily kind of dance between the two. So for instance, if I'm more um, weighted heavily on my feminine energetics. And so a woman, like for me, I have um, my feminine energetics are on the outside. My masculine soul is on the inside. And so if I want to find a man who is more masculine on the outside and feminine on the inside, then, then I'm going to be looking for that. But if I am a woman who is more has my masculine and leading with my masculine energy, then I'm going to want to find a man who's leading with his feminine energy. And so it's, it's finding, knowing consciously what your energetics are and then looking for someone who's the complement to that. Mm, I like that. And this works for gay, straight, you know, lesbian. It works for everybody. It's, it's, it's about finding it's your really balance. It's really not based on, you know, orientation. The yin to your yang. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Okay, now I want to dive into my speed dating story and hopefully help you and hopefully you can help me decipher like what to do. Okay, Dr. Sharon? Yeah. So I went yeah. so I went Love speed it. dating and originally okay. when I signed up for this, I thought like they were going to rent out like a bar or an event venue or like something where it was going to kind of be private and only amongst the suitors. Uh, but I showed up and it was at a public bar, which was terrifying and intimidating that like other people oh. were out, like also kind of drinking and can watch what was about to happen. Um, but yeah. they kind of they kind of kept it really discreet. But so there were about 15 guys. And so we rotated amongst the different bar seats um, throughout yep. throughout the bar. And we were given scorecards to write down each guy's name and then kind of rank them on a scale of one to five in different categories of like where we, you know, stood with each guy or what our impression was. And then at right. the end of the night, we turned in our scorecard with our top five guys. And then if we both happened to match, then the host or the matchmaker would connect us afterwards. Okay. So I had a lot of really great conversations. I mean, I'm always like, I've been interviewing people for 10 years now, so I know how to kind of carry a conversation, even if I'm not genuinely like attracted to you or interested. And, you know, these were very quick five minute conversations with, with each, with everybody. And there were, so I didn't find five that I really wanted, but I narrowed it down to three. And the one at the top of my list actually ended up connecting with me as well. Oh, good. Which was great. The other two didn't connect with me through the matchmaker, but one of the other guys ended up, I think, finding me on Instagram and like emailing me through my Instagram, which I don't know, which I don't know if it's like a good thing or like a creepy thing. Like, I mean, to to find me on Instagram, like not even know it, like to just know my first name and to kind of just see me in a dark bar and to be able to kind of find me from there was a little interesting. That is interesting. I wonder what that's about. That is, 
unique. I mean, I think that that's an interesting thing about the world we live in now, that you can find someone if they tell you a little bit about what they do. And I, I know I remember doing this, like just knowing somebody's first name and knowing what their job was and being able to Google them and find them. And it's scary that we could do that. I, <laughs> I find that terrifying, but it's true. I mean, it's very true. I would never tell anybody what I did for a living. I just made up something that was similar to what I did, like, yeah. oh, I'm a teacher or I work in a doctor's office or something. And because I didn't want anybody to look up and see what I did. Mm, smart. So, okay. So, so I've okay. narrowed so it down. Anyway, so getting back to you. I've narrowed it down to the doctor who is my number one choice and he is a real doctor. Um, and he's a little bit older. He seems, you know, around my height, maybe a couple inches taller, which is, you know, right in my, right in my ballpark, right? What I like. We had great chemistry. He was, you know, really cute. And like, he was at the top of my list. And then, Okay. Second was um, another guy who happened to come with his friend, and he also great chemistry. He's the one that actually ended up emailing me through Instagram, which again I don't know how I feel it. Like part of me is like, okay, well you did a little research to like find me, but then I'm also kind of like, I don't necessarily know how I feel about it. And he, the fact that I wasn't in his top five and we didn't match through the matchmaker is a little interesting, and so I'm kind of questioning what his motive might be to reach out. But he really just kind of wanted to hang out. And he said he thought huh, I was okay. really funny. So that's kind of interesting. And then the third one on my list was the doctor's friend. The doctor ended up bringing a friend to this thing who was also really cute. Um, he was a little bit older. And I think of all of them, he's probably the one I would cross off my top three list because obviously he wasn't interested in me back. But he, I think if I had to choose between him and the doctor, I would choose the doctor. Right. Especially he's since your number friends. one. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so what's your question? So my question is like, do I... Do I continue to go out on on dates with them again? Should I do speed dating again? Like, what should I do? Like, I'm well, I'm at the it point. Sounds like it was pretty successful. It was I mean, successful like, and you it was got fun. your number one to con- to be your uh, a connection Choice. and. Yeah. And and like that's awesome. And so it sounds like it was a successful um, outing. Am I overanalyzing and, uh, this and self sabotaging? Say that again. I said, am I overanalyzing it and self sabotaging? I think I mean potentially. I mean, because it, it sounds like it was a, it was a, it was successful. And um, the fact that, like I said, the fact that you got number one to be to match, and um, and I, I'm, I'm, I think it's a little strange that someone who didn't match with you um, and went and found you. I think that's a little strange. I'm not sure I would follow up with that because. I, I don't know why he searched you out. I, I do think things like that are a little odd. I mean, maybe he just wants to hang out and be friends, but I don't know. Do you have enough friends? That's the thing I always look at. Like, I don't know. I have enough friends. I'm not sure why you're reaching out. Um, I mean, if he, you know, he might be a nice guy, but I, I, I don't know if that's the way that I, I, I don't know. I, that, that's a strange thing. I, I don't know. I think that's a gut instinct thing. Yeah. I mean, you know? and, and I'm hearing that you have, you have your gut instinct is like questioning it. Well, yeah, because he didn't have a last name. He, like, had to obviously do some type of research to find me, to then find my email online, or find an email to contact me through online. So it's, I mean, I'm not, I mean, he was one of my top three choices, but the fact that I wasn't on his list makes it a little questionable. Right. But I think I'm definitely looking to go on a date with the doctor. I mean, he was number one on my list. We had a great time. I made it onto his list. I think I need to stop overanalyzing it. And I will say that I I hate Tinder. I will. I have a very 
troubled relationship with dating apps because I feel like most people like to play the game of dating apps but don't like to actually go on dates as a result of of matching with people on dating apps. So I liked that this was an opportunity to kind of get me out of my comfort zone. I mean, I was scared shitless that it was at a public bar and like other people were watching this unfold. But I feel like once the conversation started flowing, once the vodka seeped in, then I was able to be a little more comfortable. Oh, I'm so much more a fan of meeting people in, in person. person. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with the dating apps as far as people, you know, using them as a place to practice, especially because I teach a lot of communication tools. So I think it's a great place to practice uh, the communication tools. But as far as like meeting people it's in person and getting an actual vibe off of them, I mean, what a great opportunity. And you were able to do that, get even just the five minutes. It's like you got you got a lot of information off those five minutes. You were able to like get that chemical vibe off of them. Do I have any chemistry here with them? You can get that off of five minutes. And seeing someone in 3D, you know, how they move, what are their, you know, little little nuances, there's a lot of information. And so I think this this sounds like a really good option. I love it. I agree. I think I definitely will do it again. Um yeah, I think I would do speed dating again. It was really, it was really fun. It completely took me out of my comfort zone. And I feel like a lot of the guys that I did end up meeting and having great conversations with, I probably would have swiped left from seeing them on an app, but getting to meet them right. in person, getting to see them in 3D and kind of test out the vibe and the chemistry. I think it was a completely different experience and I really enjoyed it. I think that's exactly it because that, that's the issue with dating apps. It's, it's exactly what you just said. There's so many people that you would swipe left on and it's like, but you meet them in person, you get that vibe, you get a little personality, you get that little sparkle and suddenly you're like, oh, this is someone who's unique and you're, you're getting to see their essence that you don't have any idea of when you're just on an app. And I think that's what dating apps really lose. And, you know, actually going back in time, there was, um, I don't remember what it was called, but there was before dating apps, there was uh, like a dating service that you would go in and you would look at videos and you would get, and, and even then that wasn't totally 3D, but you would get a little bit of a sense of who the person was because you would look at the video of the person. And, uh, and that was kind of the precursor to dating apps. And again, it's not in person, but it was a little bit more of a sense of who they were. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. surprised that the dating apps, apps haven't kind of jumped up on that and had a little tiny video of people talking, you know? Oh, that would be smart. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Cohen, as we close out the conversation, what's one final nugget of wisdom for anybody kind of looking to get their their dating life together this spring? Yeah, I think... um, Or a principle to kind of just remember. Say that again? Or a principle that they can kind of just remember as they're going out and dating. Yeah, I would just say, you know what, your perception is everything, even just like what you were just talking about. Like, turn turn anything that you think is an obstacle into an opportunity, because in the end, it, everything, it's just like, you, your judgment of what's going on is completely up to you. And so, instead of thinking, like, this sucks, my life is over, you know, how about, you know, great, like, now I can, you know, look at this as a way of... um of, you know, practicing patience or acceptance or calmness or, you know, seeing things in a new way. You can find good in everything. 
I mean, you can find a silver lining to everything. So I would just say, you know, I always say like follow a a relationship through till the end, because you're, you want to always find the lesson and the blessing in in your relationship, because you want to be able to go into your next relationship um, with a clear, uh, a clear mind and, you know, no bitterness about the past one. But I would say that really about everything that you, you just always want to be able to see the lesson and the blessing in everything. And so I would say that. I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharon, for calling in. Where can people go to follow you and learn more? Absolutely. My uh, website is drsharoncohen.com. I'm on Facebook, Insta, YouTube. Would love to see anybody at any of those places and connect. I love it. So many dating nuggets of wisdom. I'm going to have to put some of these principles into practice this weekend. Fantastic. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe and listen every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. We are all over the internet. So wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review because I love your validation. And if you want to continue validating me, go and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all over the social platforms at Just Plain Zach or go to JustPlainZach.com. Stay tuned. An all-new season of Hashtag Adulting is coming back later this month. This spring, get ready. We have an exciting guest list. We have like Dr. Drew Pinsky, uh, Jillian Michaels. We have a killer guest list this season. And Nikki and I are so excited to share it with you. So get ready. Stay tuned. And in between then, be sure to follow me at Just Plain Zach and subscribe to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Okay, bye. 